what you waiting on? Check, checkers on your phone. This the Tony Sands show. Turn your radio on. Chelsea just turned down like a field goal, so we in the zone. Got games like a stadium. I'ma go ahead and pack the dome. I'm cooler, smoother. Make you think with your medulla. You a student. I'ma school you with the facts that I'm producing. This is for the high schoolers, college students. Nah, everyone can do it. Do this. I ain't new to this. My style is rich. It's lucrative. Maneuver through it. You know it's fast, only. You know it's so sensational. Like my big homie Tony. You could get me every Monday after kickoff on Sunday. I got these cold, hard fists, and we ain't talking Sundays. Co-host with Kelly Deli. Shout out to the big homie. You know it's so sensational, like my big homie Tony. Co-hosting with Kelly Deli. You know it's facts solid. You know I'm so sensational, like my big homie Tony. Tony, Tony, Tony. Well, we're welcome back here. My name is Tony Sands. I'm along with my man, VC. Listen. We got a show that's going to blast them out the windows. The biggest topic is, should I get six or should I get 11? Should I get six or should I get 11? It would have sounded better if it was seven or 11. Then that means you could have went in the store and bought you a drink. But my man B, let's give him a, a breakdown of what we got for the show and how we're going to play out this show. Absolutely, Tony. And it's always glad to be with you here on the show. And it's a new NFL season here. And we got some hot topics for the fans this week. And as you mentioned, we'll be talking about the Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns. Does, is the six games or 11 games? And how will this affect the Browns' season? Then we'll also get into Jerry Jones says absolutely no to adding Antonio Brown as a wide receiving core. And then, Tony, we'll be moving right along. Can the Rams repeat as world champions in the NFL? It's only been done since the last time as the New England Patriots seven times in the NFL history, so we'll have to get into that. And then closing out the show, Tony, we'll talk about sleeper teams that possibly could be able to make an impact in the 2022 season. And you know how I feel. Everybody know, if you follow me and you know me on Instagram, Twitter, anywhere, I, you know I am. I am a true Cowboy fan. And it was said earlier, D, that guess what? The Dallas Cowboys will have an undefeated season. <laughs> that sounds like some woo. When I heard the playmaker Michael Irvin say that, I said, you know what? Things are looking up for my Cowboys. We might reject one guy, but we're getting another one. But let's get into what we started the topic off today. Deshaun Watson is if you've been following this saga with Deshaun Watson, I call it a saga because the way I think the NFL V has let this play out. V, when you look at this whole thing, and me and you've been going back and forth. For weeks on this topic. We get one judge come in that the NFL appoints to this. That the NFL appoints to it. She comes out and I'm going to let you say the word because you love using that word. And you throw <laughs> it out. And I always tell you what. That's that absolutely. That's someone's perception. But my and your perception might be different. And do. Was it right for the NFL, I would say, to go this route and back out of this? What do you think about it? Well, you know, Tony, I think that the fans and myself and yourself have been going back and forth about this Deshaun Watson thing for a very long time because it's been the number one story, actually, in the NFL. Um, what I right. think fans need to understand, and we all have to understand at this point, is is that the NFL and the National Football Players Association made an agreement, basically, that they would go to an arbitrator and the arbitrator Correct. would make the decision, which was given six games. Right. And then right. the NFL decided to enact a clause, what they had the ability to do and be able Correct. to initiate that. Roger Goodell was able to appoint the attorney general, uh, former attorney general of New Jersey to be able to make the deciding decision. Then we find out Tony that Deshaun Watson's camp and representatives and the NFL have just settled on 11 games. So I think and, and, that's where we're at now, and and I think that me personally, I'm, I think it's a soft landing for the NFL after they were adamant about giving Deshaun Watson a one-year suspension. Now you say a soft landing, a soft landing. I don't find it to be a soft right. landing because you got to remember now they came out of that arbitration saying we everybody thinking that was going back to the NFL and that Roger Goodell was going to rule on, it, but he passed it on. It's like in spades, he flipped his hand, passed it on, and. He handed it over to, a, as we call, a prominent 
a prominent person that's professional that's used to dealing with these types of cases here in New York. I love it because I watch uh, 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 New York. Uh, 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 shows that, that deals with this and that they are the best. But anyway, I think he made a ruling. I did. I think he made a ruling. I think he went back to Roger Goodell and I think Roger Goodell said to himself, hold off on what you're saying. Cause sure. I think, and I also you know, think, you know what I think is interesting. And I think that the public and the sports fans need to understand that although fans were upset at the fact that the NFL initiated a clause, which they had the right to that the players association agreed to, that they would Correct. be able to go to uh, Attorney General uh, Peter, former Attorney General Peter Harvey, for the Correct. final decision making. And what I think everyone needs to understand too, what I found interesting is Mr. Harvey is an African American gentleman. Okay. So you know, it was interesting that Mr. Harvey was African. He's African American, and he was the person who was going to make the decision, Tony. And I think also. Mr. Harvey, as you and I have discussed before, may have only given Deshaun Watson, hypothetically speaking, two to three more additional games than the arbitrator of Sue L. Robinson gave Deshaun Watson of six games. So, you know, I think that the NFL was, was, was very um, determined to get a one year. But once they realized possibly, hypothetically, that the former attorney general, Peter Harvey, decided hypothetically two to three additional games, they were uh, forced to then settle for an 11-game suspension. But I, 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 like I told you, and I've been telling you all along, I didn't see this being played out to where he was going to get that much time. I just couldn't see that you banning a guy for a year because we still got to say, and I always, and I'm saying it, and I'm saying it, and I'm saying it, that we did not see. We don't know what they call your perception of. Uh, sexual assault may be different from someone else's. Your egregious uh, is the word they use. Maybe different how you see it and how I see it is different. We'll throw that word out there to hope that we can get fishes to bite and say, "Oh, he did something bad." Oh, the league, whatever the league rules, and that's what we say. I don't think that was the cause. I think when they got into it, they found out. Listen to me, and I and I go back to like I told you, it was time served when the man didn't play last year, whether he played at his will or not. When we look at NCAA, you see that a lot. Teams saying, guess what? We'll punish ourselves before the ruling come down because that way it makes the ruling a little softer. A little softer. Right. So, you know what I think is interesting too, Tony, is, is that they, yes. they found that Deshaun Watson, according to Sue L. Robinson, the arbitrator, and Mr. Harvey, who was the final person to oversee it, they both used the word egregious. And, well, the, the league, rather, in terms of the conduct policy and Sue L. Robinson, Along with the league agreed, he was found egregious and predatory are the words that they used. So what I think is unique now is that they didn't put in the settlement of 11 games that Deshaun Watson had to do anything um, that would be able to improve his personality and and who he is as a person because they found him egregious and predatory, if that makes sense. I got you. Hey, listen, folks, we're going to get back to that. But listen, I got a guy that I'm going to bring to you. Great friend of mine, I had the chance of playing, being around this guy and his competitive attitude, his competitive will to drive to win. Oh, man, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. My main man, Don Davis, and his title, guys, listen, he deals with things with the NFL, collective bargaining agreement all the time. He is the senior director of player affairs. For the NFLPA, my man Don Davis joins the Tony Sands Show. D, what's going on, my brother? T. Sands, great what's to be with you. Bro. Listen, man, great to have you. You know, I, 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 you know, I, I felt bad that I called you at the last minute, but I feel good that you was able to help me out and come on the show, man. Listen, D, let's get into this. You guys have been, you know, in the, as we would say. A lot of things put you guys in the news, a lot of uh, uh, things with how the collective bargaining agreement goes. And, and and a lot of people really don't understand those. All they hear is certain things and and it's OK. This was supposed to happen. Yeah. You guys got into this league. You, you did an initiative and, and, and you did. You got the guys some great things. What are some of the greatest accomplishments that you felt coming out of this? last collective bargain agreement that you guys was able to accomplish? Well, it starts uh, with uh, vesting. For those who don't know, in order for an NFL player to receive benefits like uh, uh, 
retirement benefits, they need to be vested. Vesting is defined as achieving three or more gains on the active roster. Um, and you need to do that for three seasons. And so once after three, we would call it two years and three games, a player will be vested for benefits. Now, there are certain benefits that will activate before that, I like severance and some other things, insurance. But the, the, the two years and three games or three seasons, you need three credited seasons to vest. Prior to 1993, there were about six, seven hundred individuals under that agreement. Well, there was there was a time where there wasn't a CBA there, but 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 barring all of that, prior to nineteen ninety three, you needed four credited seasons. Yeah, so there, I remember there, that. there yeah. were a group of there were a group of players, six hundred, seven hundred of them, who had four credited seasons and weren't receiving a pension. So with oh, this wow. CBA uh, one of the things that I'm proudest of that the that, that that we were able to get was we vesting we included all those prior to 1993 who needed four seasons into the vesting program, which then increased allowed them to get a pension amount. Pension is every month uh, till the day you die, uh, and then goes on to your widows and spouses. So. The second thing, the pension, obviously, that that's always something that 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 folks you know talk about. And as you play this game, you know, as you earn a earn a credited season, you have a pension right. credit. So the pensions increase to five hundred five fifty a month times the number of years you play for all those players. So some players prior to nineteen ninety three had pensions amounts of well, they had pension amounts of one hundred and twenty five dollars uh, per month, and it went up to five fifty. That sounds like it sounds like chump change, but you take that, you know, times the number of years, like yourself or myself, you know, you're able to play a long time. That's that's quite significant for every month. But more importantly, yes. I think the health care increases that we got uh, for those guys who did not uh, originally have any health care, who were uh, under the age of 65 and who had not um, had a previously an HRA health reimbursement account that came into the league around 2006. Anyone who who was vested, they got a fifty thousand dollar credit, and in into an HRA HRA account that allowed them to either purchase some insurance, offset some costs. So that was really big. And then uh, I think finally, just uh, the NFL hospital network. We have NFL dedicated hospital network now. That uh, that as long as you're vested and under the age of sixty five, you have free medical care coverage. Oh, wow. Care free medical care, so annual physical, some ortho, some behavioral health, mental health, and some other um, type procedures, free of charge in the 32 NFL market. So that one is probably the biggest. And I've talked to many of guys who really are thankful for that opportunity. And we continue to push the the markets, you know, for past, present, and future players. Okay. D, now, and, and, and we talk about those great accomplishments that you have. Is there one thing that you guys wanted that it was a the toughest time for you guys to close this deal out with? Yeah. To where every player in the league said, okay, now we can move forward. And now we are saying, hey, now we got pretty much, I would say, at least 90% of, of what we needed. Was there one yeah. thing that you guys were fighting for the most? Yeah, there's two. There's two, Tony. As always, it's a negotiation. You negotiate with the other side. And so uh, one was was more percent of the gross. Right now we're at about okay. 40, 48 to 48 and a half cents on, the do- on every dollar of total revenue. Of mm-hmm. course, you want to be 50-50. If you're partners as the players, the players are partners with the NFL, with the owner. And as, as partners, it's typically some kind of closer to a 50-50 agreement. Uh, you always fight that. They fought that hard. Uh, but secondly, is lifetime health care. I mean, that's something that guys wanted. That some guys that key that seem to talk about lifetime health care. Um, it's something. Those are those are the two things that I say weren't able to be able to get accomplished. Um, and I think there's always. Hopefully, you can chip away at that as we continue to educate the next round of leaders, player leaders that are going to negotiate the next deal and continue on in the path of providing for past, present, and future play. We're live here on the Tony Sands Show. I'm with my main man, Don Davis, NFL Pete 
a director of players affairs my man and also the don we got my man i got my man vaughn he's my co-host he's on the show with me v man go ahead you got something that you shoot in there Absolutely, Don. Thanks for joining us today and giving much educational and informative insight into a topic that I think so many NFL fans are inquisitive about. But again, you know, from the outside looking in, they don't have the real knowledge and understanding. So again, thank you for joining us today and giving us such insight and information. And basically, my biggest question for you today is, as of today, the NFL is committed to so many um, expansions of the Rooney Rule, according to as they've, you know, prefaced it, so to speak. Um, but, you know, they've mandated now the hiring of diverse minority coaches. So basically, I wanted to know from your perspective and the Players Association, as well as the league, how, how impactful do you think this will be going forward? And how much change do you think we'll see moving forward in the future? I'll, I'll start with the second. I think we need lots of change. And we think we need to continue to, to um, have change and evolution. Um, I'll say this for our executive, our current executive director, Demore Smith, uh, I, I'll, I'll coin phrases. I'll use a, a phrase that he says, which is, it's not a Rooney rule. It's a Rooney suggestion because a rule has consequences for non-compliance. This is a Rooney suggestion. Now, that being said, that it's great. Yeah. You have to hire a mind. You have to at least interview one minority candidate. But as we've seen those nut that has not, resulted in more minority hiring, particularly at the head coach, um, at the head coach level. And, 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 and it, it, as a matter of fact, it's gone backwards, right? At the height, I believe we were at 11, uh, eight, hovered around eight for a long time, currently sit at four, and we were at four by default because of what happened in Tampa Bay, but thankfully Todd Bowles is there. So anyway, that being said, what can we do moving forward? The things that I think the, the, the hiring practices that, that we that we've discussed and talked about is, man, you know, when you it, it's one of the only jobs that there's no true job description. Now, we can be, you know, we can assume we know what the job description is. But what is the job description? What are the metrics for success? What is a candidate, an ideal candidate profile? Any other C-suite, any other job you get that you go to, you're going to find these things, and they're going to be public, and people are going to be able to apply for them. Uh, that right. does not happen in our current uh, under our current um, Rooney rule, Rooney suggestion. And so these are things that we'll be continue to advocate for and continue to push, uh, help to push the National Football League to implement. Now, the the coaches are a are a separate class. As well right. as the as well as the employees uh, in the front office of every club, so there's only so far we can go. Particularly, we definitely don't have any authority, whereas it's based on the CBA, other than for players. The NFLPA's role in this is taking that there's while there's so because there's so many former players that are attempting to be uh, coaches or in get into the ranks. That's kind of where our vested interest is as partners to this $18 billion entity. Now, and check this. We, you, you talked about the Rooney, and I'm going to use that word now because I, instead of saying Rooney rule, I'm going to use the Rooney suggestion. That's the way I'm going to call it. Now, from now on out, I'm not even, <laughs> listen, and, and when yeah. I hear that, it makes a lot of sense. Because, right. like you say, rules have consequences, and I don't think the NFL really understands that we're like you say we've taken a step backward. How much did Brian Flores' situation yep. move the NFL back when it comes to the Rooney suggestion? You think? Yeah, I think um, Flores' uh, lawsuit and situation is kind of a separate conversation, Jump. but mm-hmm. it definitely has racial bias attached to it. Right? You take a coach who has. We've seen this. Lovey Smith is back in the NFL, but he was fired after a co- multiple ten-win seasons. Correct, um, right? You know, uh, so we've seen this happen where uh, uh, where you're not given uh, minority coaches are not given the the runway uh, in order to develop a team. You know, expect the expectations are you're going to turn it around and you're going to win. Heck. It, the, the, I think the, the biggest, the biggest, and this was more media 
push, but there's something behind it. You you think the one of the Mike Tomlin is one of the most winningest coaches. Yes. In the National Football League. And the man had one year where he almost didn't go 500. They had a down year. And they literally were there were there were people talking about whether he was going to get fired. You're like, well, wait yes. a minute. How, how is this possible? Right. So right. we know that this is a problem. We know we understand that um, that that bias implicit or otherwise is a part of National Football League because it's a part of society. And NFL is a microcosm of society. And everything you see in society, everything you see in politics, everything you see in religion, you're going to see in the NFL, and we see that. So we'll, again, I, not to just beat, 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 beat them up and scream, right. you need change. <laughs> Let's try to be a part of the change as well. And some of these suggestions that I mentioned are, what, are things like that where we bring to the NFL as well. And, and now, and, and in all this, how do you do you feel like you guys get and like you say, the coaches and the front office personnel is totally different from you guys. But how yeah. do you guys feel that you guys get drawn into it because you guys are the NFLPA that you get drawn into even with it, the saga with the coaching part of it? Yeah, I think you do, T, because, I mean, as again, we're business partners. So anytime you're in business with someone, everyone has a responsibility. Everyone gets linked together. Um, so we, with that, there is times where um, they'll throw it. You'll, you'll throw it. Some people will just mix up NFL, NFL, PA. Some people will just throw us all in the one as NFL. Some will say both are complicit. Um, but again, that such is the part with the job when you're when you're in a such a such a popular sport as ours that has a lot of stakeholders, (laughs) a lot of opinions, right? And a lot of lives that are involved. And so that comes with the territory to whom much is given, much is required. So we, we accept that responsibility. um, And that's why I think we are able to elevate our voices uh, when it does come to things that may be outside our privy, but we're able to at least say this is wrong and point it out. Now, and, and as we talk about a part, I hear you use the word partnership in, yep. in you guys. And I know that's what you guys use in the clinic. But the, the own, do the owners really feel and understand that what that true partnership is about? Do you think they have that or do they say that they beat their chest that, listen, we own this league. We're allowing you guys, and we've heard sometimes, we're allowing you guys to make a living within our organization, within our league. And some people find that that's not a partnership when it comes to regular business. Do you guys find that you do, do the players are truly not looked at as a partnership within this uh, collective bargaining agreement? Yeah. Because a lot of people don't feel like the NFL is a true yeah. partnership with the NFL players. The, yeah, the yeah. owners owns it, you know, and, and they these are employees and not partners. That's correct. I, I listen, I think that, that do I believe that that there is that there is some of that that ideology that 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 permeates some of them? Yes. Maybe all of them, right? I think I think it's easy to think that if you're fronting up the money that you have all the weight and and to view the players simply as employees. And I think that's been um, a lot of the treatment of players. But I think in this new day, um, we are in an age where everybody's on the hot seat. I don't believe that that kind of ideology, one, if it's there, it's never going to be spoken, Not at least not across from the bargaining table because that you want to ruin bargaining really quickly <laughs> you start you start talking to the players as if they're the help that really gets them a little um, you know lights them up and i think then you galvanize players to come together and effectuate the power that they have collectively um when you're in negotiations now that being said you know hopefully I, i've heard uh many a few of them say Hey, we're partners with the players, and this, that, the third, right? But again, you to your point, well, what does partnership mean? And I think continuing to realize 
that a partnership comes uh, with responsibility and accountability as well as authority, which is more important, the authority to do things that partners can do, uh, then I think we're 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 missing the mark. But we we again we can we keep pounding the rock and keep pushing it uphill. We're gonna keep getting getting players together and fighting for the rights of players and continuous continuously making sure players understand that. Yeah, you're partners, man. What do you want? DC, go ahead. Oh, outstanding and Don, that's a value, great information. And I think oh. that what you've mentioned too about being vested with the players and the league, I think is something that. The fans really needed to understand on 48 cents on the dollar, and the players are actually trying to make this an even landscape um, Mm -hmm. where the players and the owners are looked at, not as an employee ownership standpoint, but as you mentioned the word, as business partners. I think my final question for you, Don, would be um, how would you see, what would your expectations be in the next few years with regard to coaching? As we mentioned in the ascension of black coaches being up, being able to move up the ranks, what would be the yeah. definition of the players' association looking at as a success in the next few years? Is there a specific number of coaches, or you know, or is it a pipeline and actually seeing the pipeline actually matriculate? Can you explain like what what would be in two to three years or five years be the mark that the players' association actually could say, look, the league and the players' association have actually made progress in that subject. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, my, my this is just a Don Davis. We haven't talked about this and come up with a metric uh, for the NFL official NFLPA. But I would say that uh, this, I've always been a big believer, and I stole this phrase uh, from someone, um, uh, that, that leadership needs to reflect membership. So I've kept that in mind everywhere. No matter what you have, leadership needs to, needs to reflect membership. We have a 70 to 80% call it 70% uh, minority population in the NFL. Until we get to 70% of head coaches, I think that's a mark. Then that's a true representation of leadership. Anything anything that where we are now, I think everybody recognizes we fall woefully short of being anywhere near where we need to be. So, you know, when you start seeing, I think, some 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 metrics that I would look at to get closer to that ultimate goal to, of, of leadership reflecting membership, I think when you start seeing uh, at, a, at a minimum half of the open positions in the NFL, which has been traditionally around, around six to eight positions a year, uh, open head coaching positions, when you see half of them at a minimum, start to be go to minority candidates. Okay. We're starting to move in the right. We, we've started to move right. in the right. Right. And I think until you see that, um, we're just going to be a lot of, it's going to be a lot of talk and, and very little action, a lot of awareness, maybe even some acknowledgement, but very, very, very little action. And that's what we're looking to do. No, man, listen, I can't yep. let you go without, you know, my audience is killing me on, you know, the biggest topic right now that you guys are going back and forth with the league is is, is a little bit is Deshaun Watson. Uh, do you guys feel that you guys got it where it was a safe thing for both sides? Or do you feel like it this uh, Deshaun Watson saga? And when you get one person saying six games and then you go outside again and then all of a sudden you guys. Were you guys always at the bargaining table with the NFL before uh, Sue or after Sue situation? Yeah. If you can. I, I, I totally, totally can appreciate that question. I can't get into the specifics, but here's what correct. I'll say. Here's what I'll say. Um, there is a, what, 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 I want, what I want folks to understand is there is a personal conduct policy that the NFL has that is not negotiated. Um, okay. Based on a labor management perspective labor law the 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 management is allowed to have reasonable rules for employment and the personal conduct policy is one and would be considered a reasonable rule now the punishment and discipline the cba sets out a process when someone violates the personal conduct policy i.e. under commissioner discipline clause, which is one they fight tooth and nail for, they meaning the NFL. That was something that we that we 
fought to try to change and get ultimately get rid of because you can't have a any one side entity who has punishment who who is overseeing punishment you don't get the authority to be judge jury and executioner nowhere in america except in the that's an issue for collective bargaining so right. when it as it relates to deshaun there was a process and we wanted to ensure that the process went a certain way uh, that process played itself out Everybody knows the substance of the how that process yep. ended, and then what what happens um, at times in the NFL is, is as a, before the process comes to an end and 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 escalates, then there's a then there could be there's a potential or an opportunity for a settlement. That's something that goes with counsel, uh, counsel and the player, as well as the NFL counsel and player. So uh, the specifics of that we'll get into, but I will say that. Um, at the end of the day, both sides had to agree that uh, they were uh, willing to accept the position that the settlement was based on, knowing that both sides were at opposite ends, probably of the spectrum. So that's what I'll say about this. Listen, thank you, man. I Thank you for taking time out your day yeah. to join the Tony Sands show with myself and my man VC here. Uh, listen, man, I hope we can reach out to you. Eat, you know, when I need to know some information that's going on throughout the league, bars, the collective bargaining agreement, I hope I can reach out to you to make sure that my fans are clear on, you know, what's happening with this and how it is to be played out and what goes into this. Because I think that's what happened. A lot of our fans are, are misled and they really yep. hear what the media feed them from the outside. And that's how they make their judgment on it, man. So I thank you for taking yeah, time man. out your day. Listen, I got to come over there to that West Coast when I'm over there again. We got to hook up go. and have some some food, man. Because listen, it, we got to meet. Yeah. I get tired. Like I told, I told uh, a couple of the guys, I got tired of meeting them doing funeral times. You know, yeah. I, I want to see us. When we, right. Let's give us each other our flowers when we're alive, man. Thank you for there taking you time out your day, bro, my brother. Pleasure, man. Y'all enjoy the rest of the day. Thank you. You Thanks too, my brother. Thank you. John. Thank you so much. Yep. We're going to head to a quick commercial break, and we're going to come back in two minutes and finish. Deshaun Watson was 11, good, or should we have taken six? But we can't have seven, 11. So we're going to let you eat on that. We'll be back here on the Tony Sands Show. I spoke with the Brown source. They said that they're going to be, obviously, Deshaun's aware of this. He, he's in the know. This isn't something that just sprung on him. Um, obviously, they, they've agreed to this. So now he just needs to put, uh, you know, his signature on this. And the tone I got from the conversation was Watson's camp really felt like they had no other choice. They're still angry about those six games. So now it's 11. So to them, this is too many games. They still stand by the fact that they are denying all of this. And when I asked about the apology recently, because we did hear Deshaun recently speak on a broadcast about apologizing to the women. I just want to make it clear that the apology was about his decision making to go see unlicensed massage therapists. This wasn't specifically to the women who alleged that this happened. We're back here on the Tony Sands show with my man, VC. V, man, you heard that soundbite. That soundbite is played out. And like I told you, I don't think whether it was six or 11, Deshaun Watson's team, and, and understand when you say Deshaun Watson's team, that's his own personal lawyers, not the NFL PA, but we're talking about his team of lawyers and people that work for him. They didn't, I don't think they wanted to accept this. No, I don't think they wanted to accept the six games, Tony, or, or, or the 11 games. You know, but again, I, Don Davis just came on and just gave us, I mean, compelling information, more information than some of our sports fans can be able to get anywhere else. And you got it right here on the Tony Sands show. I mean, he was very informative and, and shed light into the Deshaun Watson situation that everyone has a comment about. But yes. what, he, what I think was most riveting um, is that, you know, Deshaun Watson's camp in the National Football League basically had to capitulate to each other at some point. 
and agree on this amount of games, you know. And I think, you know, he couldn't get into specifics, which we totally understand and we respect. Yes. And I think yes. that he shed light on the fact that there was heavy negotiations going on, Tony, behind the scenes. Oh, I to be able imagine. to get this done and to get some kind of a settlement done between the two sides and to move on, you know. And Deshaun Watson, even right now, stated, hey, listen, I'm still I, he feels like he was innocent. But it, to me, the biggest thing about this was the process. If you right. say right. we're going to bring one person in and this person word is going to be law, we're agreeing to this. We're agreeing to this. Not we're agreeing to this. Not formally on paper. And what Don said, it, it went back to me. See, because that's why I get lost with the employment and partnership. rule. That's what, you know, and I think the partnership and I still say it, it, it appears to me not truly to be a partnership. Still, we was able to go back. We got to go. We went back to the employment. Because any employer is able to set their rules for their business. That's right. That's right. You follow me? That's that, why so I, you know, it, it, it's no different than our than our listeners right now. You know, if you go to your correct. job, they have certain rules and regulations of each job and the code of conduct. And the league was found, as well as the arbitrator, that Deshaun Watson was what they deemed as egregious and predatory, which broke the conduct policy. You know. But then it came down into how many games and what was the rightful suspension for him. And as we see now, you know, the 11 games is, is basically what the final edict is basically on the Deshaun Watson suspension. And I feel he, to me, and me, you've been going back and forth. I was settled with the six. I settled with the six, but you can't say, Tony, listen, you got, they're going to come back with this. Okay. That's right. As long as he didn't get the year, as long as he didn't get the year, and I'm not taking his side. I'm just laying out to me what is factual. In America, in America, if a grand jury does not file charges against you, we've already we've always said that we are innocent until proven guilty. We're innocent until proven guilty. So we're still punishing him, and I understand we're punishing him under the workers' employment agreement. I understand that, people. But we go 11 games. I feel that his camp, to me, I feel they won. I would, at that point, walk away from it. And I, I when, when when 11 came down, the I, I said it to you. I said, okay, 11. I'm good with it. The sixth, I'm right. The year, I was yeah, not. Yeah, but you know how I feel about it, Tone. I mean, I, I think that the guy got off easy with this, you know? You give listen. You get let's let's break. You saying five million dollars, right? And eleven games, right? That's a healthy penalty for us to say that we still are trying to figure out what was done, if it was done, how it was done, who it was done to. There's too many who, what, when, whys in this whole scenario, in this whole story, in this whole. St- segment of of Deshaun Watson's playing out like a soap opera but it was it was to me it was just too many questions that and we were never given the facts on I I agree with that and I also as I my only issue with it is is more Deshaun Watson not necessarily the case now I think that he's gotten poor representation or he's gotten poor guidance or made poor choices and how he's handled this entire situation with regard especially with how he's apologized when he's apologized. One minute the man says he's sorry, the next minute he said he didn't do anything. So it can't really be both, and I think that the, the public is a, a court of public opinion. I think that fans are basically scratching their heads, so to speak, Tony, by saying, is he sorry about what he really did, or is he just saying that he's sorry? Because the other day he said he didn't do anything wrong. So I think that Deshaun Watson, in his own, in the court of public opinion, I think the man has to kind of like present himself in a better light. And I think he really needs to, to, to step back and understand that the public is looking at him in a certain kind of a way. And the way that they're looking at him is that he's not contrite and he's not actually uh, submissive. or he's, he's, he's not, he's not, he's not basically, you know, sorry for what he did. And hey, listen, guys, we're feeding this to you each and every week here on the Tony Sands show. As we move forward, listen, it's great to be back. We got five minutes. Hey, let's let's break into our 
Can the Rams, do we see the Rams as repeat? Rams. Repeat. I, see, I don't it's only been, it's it's only been done a couple times in the history now. It's hard. And, you know, and I ain't going to say much, but you know who, who was a part of that? History. Well, well, you know. You know who was a part I can of that? Who's now. A part of that. You know, you know, I can say who's a part of that too, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. You, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I ain't throwing shots at you or daggers at you. I'm just saying, we, them Dallas Cowboys was a part of that until the whole saga between Jerry Jones and, and, and Jimmy Johnson played out on a on, on some beer. But I don't see the Rams. To me, I don't see the Rams. I just don't see them right now. I I, I don't right. see them repeat. I I just I think it's going to be too tough for them to repeat. Now their team is is doing well, but I don't see them repeating. I just don't see them. I don't think they have going to have that fire that it took. I agree. That they had once before. I agree. And it's only been done seven times in the history of the NFL, Tony. As you first mentioned, I mean, it's a historical feat. It's something that's very difficult to do. And I agree with you. I just don't think that the team has the firepower to be able to go week to week in that division with Arizona and uh, San Francisco and the schedule that they're going to have. I don't, I can't really see this team repeating. It's a very tall task for them this year. And you got to figure, they, you know, they, they got the Bills, which is going to be tough. Then you, yep. you go to Atlanta. Then you go to the Cardinals. You get into divisional play. You got the Cardinals. I don't see right. uh, that's that's a loss to me. And then well, I, I know they you might guys be able to survive wanna... the Cardinal game early in the season, being that the DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for the first uh, few games, so six games. So you know they might be able to pull that one out without D Hop being there. But what happens later in the season when they match up again with them as a divisional opponent? Will they beat them mm-hmm. then? That's when their schedule get a little meaty. Toward the when they get into that second part of uh, of what we consider the NFL season, you go to Tampa, right. you got Arizona, you got the Saints, you got the Chiefs, the Seahawks, the Raiders, Green Bay, your Broncos, the Chargers, Seattle. On that back end of that schedule, eh, that's going to be tough pretty games. tough. That's going that's to tough be games right tough. there. Yes, real tough. I don't see them repeating. I, I don't. V, v, what's some of your I, I sleeper? Can't see it. Yeah, I don't see it. it it's not going to happen. But what are some of your sleeper teams that could oh, possibly? Man, I got two teams I think people need to watch out for that really didn't have much success last year. And I'm going to start out with a team like the Detroit Lions that was 313-1 last year. And I know the fans listening are probably saying, how could this guy pick the Detroit Lions to do anything? But let's not forget they lost six games by less than seven points. Tied the Pittsburgh Steelers in Week 10 in an in a overtime game, which ended in a tie. And they had a ton of injuries last year on a team that has a lot of talent and a lot of depth, Tony. So I'm picking the Detroit Lions as a sleeper team this year. And the other team is the New Orleans Saints. Now, you know, like, nobody's talking about the Saints this year. Nobody's giving Jameis Winston any kind of credit. This man could throw for 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns. They were 9-8 and eight last year. The problem with the Saints were they had a lot of injuries. Winston was out. They were only three and five at home for a team that's normally good at home. But look, they were six and three on the road. So he played ten games without Jameis Winston, a ton of injuries, but you got a new defense, a solid defense still. You add Tyron Matthew to that. I think that the Saints and the Detroit Lions are two sleeper teams for the NFL this year. I'm gonna go. We got a, we got about thirty seconds left. I'm going, as you guys know, I'm going with my Cowboys. Michael Irvin said, guess what? The Dallas Cowboys can possibly go undefeated. And that's what <laughs> we are saying here on the Tony Says Show. My man BC has called out his team. He didn't even say nothing about his Broncos. But that's neither nope. here nor there. He feels like we'll say that for next week. We'll save that for next week. Guys, listen, it's been a pleasure each and every week. You will get a chance to hear me and VC as we break down the NFL, college, and you name it. Next week, we're going to get into NILs and Dick Nick Saban. I'm going to call, call out two of the strongest coaches, Deion Sanders and Jimbo Fisher. Now we want the NCAA want colleges to investigate NIL. Stay tuned here next week on the NIL and the Tony Sands Show as we break down NILs. Be let's toast them all, and we'll see you guys next week. We've been waiting new- for days to find out where Deshaun Watson is headed. I bring in Ian Rappaport, NFL Network Insider. Ian, where is Deshaun going next? Deshaun Watson is expected to be a member of the Cleveland Browns. Yes. 
the Cleveland Browns in an unbelievable, stunning turn of events. Deshaun Watson is waiving his no-trade clause only to the Browns, sources tell me and colleague Tom Pelissero. And that is not all. When this trade is completed, Watson is expected to get a five-year, $230 million contract that is fully guaranteed. That is $80 million more than the previous record for fully guaranteed money at signing. This deal negotiated by David Mulligetta of Athletes First is record-setting, and this move is massive. Of course, it's going to have massive ramifications. And here's how this broke down. Uh, the Cleveland Browns were told they were out. That was yesterday. The Carolina Panthers also told their route, so it was down to the Saints and the Atlanta Falcons. But the Browns never stopped. They talked. They offered money. They spoke to uh, Deshaun Watson in a way that kind of pulled on his heart and, and pulled on his competitive spirit as far as being a team that could win. And now Deshaun Watson headed to the Cleveland Browns. So, Ian, this leaves a lot of different quarterbacks in limbo. But let's start with Baker Mayfield, who is currently on the Cleveland Browns. Where is he going to go? Baker Mayfield is now expected to be traded. And he requested a trade yesterday. uh, And the Browns had said that they were not going to accommodate that. They are now going to accommodate that because they have a quarterback. And, you know, as far as the picks the Browns gave up, it's expected to be three first-rounders and more for Deshaun Watson. They're going to get some picks back for Baker Mayfield. We're not sure what that is. We will see. He's got a year left in his contract. Former number one overall pick. Uh, But these are all, it's important, but these are all smaller things now. The main thing, after a year, a year of waiting, Deshaun Watson has a landing spot and is expected to be the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, Ian, so after all of the, the conversation, we, we heard about the Panthers, we heard about the Falcons, we heard about the Saints. It wasn't the Browns really until this morning. What got us to this position where Deshaun is now joining the Cleveland Browns? Most important thing for Deshaun Watson was how quickly can he win football games. And from my understanding, he took a look at the rosters involved, and he decided the Browns were the best. And if you look at player for player, the entire roster, that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, And, you know, look, I mean, this is a team that last year didn't go to the playoffs, but did previously. And, uh, you know, you take a look at where he can go and win right away. Cleveland works. Cleveland works in a lot of ways. And, look, we've been spending the whole time talking about, you know, the Browns being out and then the Panthers were out and it was all about the Saints and the Falcons. I think the Browns enjoyed being the stealth team here. They just never stopped recruiting. And now, after a year of, of turmoil in a year of everything, Deshaun Watson lands with a Cleveland Brown, an unbelievable, stunning upset. Now, Ian, what about the legal aspects? Will we see Deshaun on the field with the Browns week one? Will we see him at training camp? Will we see him in the preseason? How long do you think that, that'll take with the NFL, who still has the opportunity to suspend him if they, if they like? We will see him in training camp. We will see him in the preseason. We do not know, as of right now, whether or not he will be suspended. My understanding is... It is a possibility, uh, and I know teams involved were, were bracing for it. Teams involved were uh, in some ways expecting it, so if he was suspended, would not be a surprise. This is part of it, but you don't trade for Deshaun Watson for one season. You don't trade for him for a couple games if he has to miss games, four, six, eight, however many. Uh, you trade for him for the next 10 years, uh, and that is what the Cleveland Browns did rarely, almost never, Basically, never are franchise quarterbacks available in their prime for many different circumstances, which we've been over for the last year. Deshaun Watson is, and now he is expected to land with the Cleveland Browns. So of all these teams that we've been talking about through free agency that continue to ramp up, we thought the Cleveland Browns were done and out, right, Ian? But now with this huge trade, how do they get back in it? This is, of course, the first step. Well, here's what's going to happen now for the Cleveland Browns. So Deshaun Watson is going to waive his no-trade clause uh, to go to the Browns. That is not all. Now it's on General Manager Nick Casario from the Houston Texans uh, to negotiate the trade. Now, the Browns did make a really strong offer. Uh, It was a uh, three first-round picks and more offer. I believe a couple more mid-round picks in there. Now it's about simply finalizing the trade. This does not mean the trade has happened. It has not happened. But it is expected to. The thought is that the two sides will be able to work together and finalize it and figure out this deal. And then by that point, Deshaun Watson will be a member of the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns. 
And Ian, he'll be joining Kevin Stefanski, who was, you know, the AP Coach of the Year in 2020, won various Coach of the Year awards in 2020. Things didn't go as planned last season, but how does Deshaun and Kevin Stefanski fit together? Do you know if they have a prior relationship? The main thing here is Kevin Stefanski, who, you know, like everyone, like every member of the Cleveland Browns has dealt with Baker Mayfield the last several years, has had his moments. Absolutely. Baker Mayfield has all the potential in the world. But he is not Deshaun Watson. And no, no disrespect at all to Baker Mayfield, but Deshaun Watson is, from every general manager and talent evaluator that I've spoken with, a pure top five quarterback, one of the best in the NFL. This changes everything. Uh, and if you're the Cleveland Browns, if you're general manager, Andrew Barry, all you want to do is have a franchise quarterback. That's it. That's the number one priority. The Browns now have a franchise quarterback, and it is Deshaun Watson. An absolutely wild turn of events. Baker Mayfield likely to be traded. Several teams still need a quarterback. They're willing to offer a lot for Watson. We'll see what they're willing to offer Baker Mayfield. This is all really crazy, honestly. All right, Ian, thank you again for everyone joining us. Deshaun Watson, breaking news here, is expected to be traded to the Browns. Five-year, $230 million guaranteed. Tom, you and Ian both broke this down uh, on Twitter from sources. What else can you tell us that Ian hasn't told us yet? Well, the next step here is to finalize the trade between the Browns and the Texans. Now, what I was told as of a few moments ago is they still need to actually execute this trade now that Deshaun Watson has chosen the team that he wants to waive his no trade clause to, which is the Cleveland Browns. But the Browns have always been willing to exceed Houston's longstanding price, which is three first-round picks plus at least two other assets. This will be one of the biggest trades in NFL history in terms of the compensation that the Browns are willing to give up for Deshaun Watson. What happened in the past 48 hours since Deshaun Watson just on Thursday morning contacted the Browns and said he would not be coming to Cleveland. The first of the four presumed finalists that he had eliminated was general manager Andrew Berry and the Browns re-engaged with Houston and said they were willing to do what it takes to make this happen. Well, that includes, as Ian just mentioned, a new contract for Deshaun Watson and a massive trade package that once again is one of, if not the biggest trade packages ever exchanged for a single player. It is expected to include three first-round draft picks plus at least two other assets, potentially more in terms of picks and players. A huge deal now to be finalized and Deshaun Watson about to become a Cleveland Brown. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Ian. Here is some uh, reaction on social media. We've all been surprised today. LeBron James. Yes, sir. LFG. He's one of the excited players to see Deshaun Watson heading to Cleveland. Kyle Pitts curveball. Who else do we got up here on Twitter showing their reaction? Cameron Jordan. Guess I know why I didn't get a text back. Yeah, that must be why.